this afternoon, I want to address the phrase in our church covenant that states that we are committing to encourage one another and build one another up. And um, why is that? Because we all need encouragement. And uh, through encouraging one another, we build one another up. And, um, you know, I don't know one person who doesn't need encouragement. Um, I don't care how secure or mature a person may appear to be on the outside. Um, an expression of encouragement never fails to, um, to help. All of us need it. And, uh, you know, we're all slugging it out uh, in the trenches of life every day. And, um, and unfortunately, you might run into some uh, followers of Christ that might be too proud to admit that they need encouragement. And that's unfortunate. But hopefully... You've never run into a brother or sister in the body here at LHBC who told you, hey, would you quit encouraging me? Um, I hate encouragement. Hopefully that's not the case here. I mean, um, I know I could use it any time, especially even preparing for this message. I mean, um, what's tough about, you know, what we have to do is we've got to prepare things to, to preach um, for how to live, and the problem is, you know, you, you, you're like, wait a minute, um, I'm telling other people how to live, and I'm not measuring up to this, so we need encouragement, you know, to be encouragers. Um, and one person put it this way, encouragement is like oxygen in the life of a church. It keeps hearts beating, keeps minds clear, and it keeps hands inspired to serve. And, and because encouragement is so important to the church, God doesn't just recommend encouragement. He doesn't just recommend that we encourage one another. He actually explicitly commands it, and he does that in several places in the, in the New Testament. And, um, and we'll see some of these verses today. Um, and you know, he wouldn't have commanded us to encourage one another if we didn't need it. Um, he wouldn't have just wasted his time doing that. So. Um, you know, Jesus told the disciples, and which applies to us, that, that we would have trouble. And then Paul said in the last days that times would be perilous. And then um, other places in the Word of God, it, it, it promises that there, you know, we'll, we'll have suffering. Um, we'll experience persecution. And um, we'll go through trials of various kinds. So, um, so that's why we need encouragement. And on top of that, we, we live in a broken world, you know, where everything is, is just pulling us towards selfishness and despair. And um, we have sin to contend with, which steals our joy. Um, our bodies break down, our, our plans, we make plans, and, and they get interrupted, and our dreams sometimes die. And um, we resolve to do something, but our resolve weakens and our perspective gets dim um, as we go through life. And, and when encouragement is absent from the life of a church, this is what can end up happening. And maybe some of you have experienced it before, but um, you know, if there's, if there's just an absence of, of free-flowing encouragement in a church, then people can end up feeling unloved, people can end up feeling unimportant or useless or even forgotten. And um, God just knows best, and he knows that people are in need of, of these grace-filled reminders, so he commands us to encourage one another. And the encouragement I'm going to talk about today is more than a quick pat on the back. It, it's a deliberate, strong commitment to lifting up one another's spirits. Um, the Oxford English Dictionary defines the word encourage this way. The action of giving someone support, confidence, or hope. Literally, it can mean to put courage into another person. Um, so encouragement is an action. If you're going to encourage somebody, you have to say something or do something. And the purpose is to give them hope. The purpose is to give them support. The purpose is to give them new or fresh confidence. And, and I would even say that the purpose can be to sometimes just give them new perspective. It might not even be new perspective, it might just be the proper perspective that they're that they're losing. 
So if you've been around church very long, there's, there's a Greek word that, that maybe you've heard variations of that is translated often as encourage or encouragement or, or the word comfort. And um, yeah, I'm going to butcher this word up because uh, what's interesting is the little study guide I was using had a little um, audio button you could click on that would say how the word's supposed to be pronounced. And... You know, I'd never done that before, and so whenever I look up this word in the past, I just thought, well, I just pronounced it the way it looked, like, you know, like an English person. But uh, anyway, it's, you probably heard the word like paraclete, okay, or paracaleo. Um, but the word is, I'm going to use like three different words. It's kind of like they, they all line up to the same thing because they all have the same root, but it's the word parakletos, okay? Because this is the word that is used of the Holy Spirit, parakletos. And variations are paraklesis and parakleo, okay? And, and we're going to talk about those words some later. But they all have this idea, and, and it's to come alongside someone in order to comfort them or encourage them or, or advocate for them. Um, or appeal to, to them about something. It, it, it's almost like, it, it, you know, if I'm standing here and I had a personal cheerleader right next to me, just like cheering me on and urging me on, that's, that's the idea. Someone coming alongside me and just, come on, you can do it, ready, go, you know, and giving me encouragement. And that's the word that Jesus uses of the Holy Spirit that is used in John 14, 26, which in the ESV is translated the helper. And I think some translations use the word the comforter. Um, but for tonight, you know, again, with that, with that root word of encouragement, you know, we could think of it as the encourager as well. And in fact, the verse in Romans, I think 14 or 15, said, God is the God of encouragement. But um, John 14, 26 says this, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. So how does the Holy Spirit help us? Well, <clears throat> in so many ways he does, but the main, the main point is that he is by our side at all times, encouraging us to have a deeper knowledge of God, our Father. He's by our side to give us strength needed through trials, just to name a few. Um, so... We have this Holy, the Holy Spirit, not this Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is a person of the Trinity and standing by us all times to just give us a life-giving presence to our souls. So God has given us the Holy Spirit to be our number one encourager. And, um, uh, and the bottom line is what that means to me is that what God wants to do with one of the primary things that he wants to do is he wants to encourage us. Um, and you think of Ephesians 5.1, which says, be imitators of God. You know, we need to be encouraging others because God is committed to encouraging us. So we should be committed to encouraging others. But the Lord is so committed to your personal encouragement in walking with Him that He gave us to live in us the encourager. And... Um, you know, if the, if the enemy is working you over or you're, you know, you're not trained to, to always think biblically about things and you have thoughts, you know, you know, zooming through your head and, and you're, you're hearing things that are discouraging um, and, and demeaning and they're just heavy all the time and you're thinking, you know, oh, God is, you know, saying all these things and you might be listening to the wrong voice because that's not the encourager, okay? Um, God is so committed to our encouragement that he placed his spirit in us so that constantly within the halls of our hearts and minds, the presence of the Lord would be there. And, and again, it's just, I think that we just need to just meditate on that some, that the awesomeness of God actually giving the Holy Spirit the name, the encourager. Um, do, we, do we really understand that? That... How much do we understand that God wants to encourage us? That God wants to strengthen us? Um, 
Well, that verse goes on to say, He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that He has said to you. So this might be, you know, one way that that might practically look. Um, you know, you might be reading the Bible, and then all of a sudden, it's like the Holy Spirit's like, see that? See that verse there? Then all of a sudden, your, your mind is illuminated to understand. Well, that's the encouragement of the Holy Spirit. Or you're, you're going along during the week. And uh, um, like, for example, this week. And uh, something happens and, you know, you have a response to something. And all of a sudden, the verse comes to your mind about, like, that's really not the response that happened, you know, you should have there. That's the Holy Spirit encouraging you and, re- and reminding you. So with that background, I just want to lay out three principles on encouragement. And, um, you know, we've already been talking about the first one a little bit. The first principle is this. Encouragement is something that God does. <clears throat> encouragement is something that God does. So it's one of the ways by which he wants us to know him. Um, and I believe it's one of the primary ways. In fact, the longer I'm a Christian, uh, the more I'm convinced that most believers um, forget about the unbelievers because that goes without saying as a way the unbelievers because they don't know how good God is. But, but I think too many believers don't know or don't understand how much God really loves them, how much God is really for them. And... Um, uh, well, we'll get into this, but that's part of, I think, the deceitfulness of sin and, 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 and why we need to encourage one another daily. Um, uh, that's kind of the struggle. Um, we, don't, we don't always believe how good God is and uh, uh, that God wants to be, uh, how good God wants to be to us and how God is right beside us, encouraging us at all times. Um, now, if we look at 2 Corinthians 1, 3, it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, and then watch this, and the God of all comfort. Um, that's how the ESV translates it. And we talk about that word para, parakalesis, and that's that word comfort there. So it's he is the God of all encouragement. And I think actually some translations use that word encouragement there. I mean, it's how he wants to work in our life. So if if you want to know, am I hearing the voice of God, just ask yourself, is it encouraging you relative to your relationship with him? And I'm not talking about that God never convicts us. Um, Like I said, even in preparing this message this week, I mean, I just, there were a number of times that, you know, God was convicting me about you're going to say these things and you have a big gap between what you're saying and what you're living. Um, But even in God's conviction, it's an encouragement to do right, that he might work in us, that he might bless us, that he may have his way in our life. Because, you know, I understand that even in that conviction, I want his way in my life because his way is best. Um... So you could read 2 Corinthians 1, 3 through 4 this way. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all encouragement, who encourages us in all our affliction. Now, listen, if you're going through a difficult time, God's not sitting there saying, I don't care um, that you're going through that difficult time, and, and, I, and I'm not going to help you. Um, because he's the God of all encouragement. And um, this is just a little rabbit trail, but um, I think sometimes we don't believe that because um, do we not bring many afflictions upon ourselves um, because of stupid decisions we make, right? Um, And um, so sometimes we think, well, I guess I've kind of deserved that one. Um, But yes, but I don't see an exception here for stupid decisions. Like when I rear-ended somebody because I was reading a book while I was driving. Um, That was a stupid decision. Um, But I see the words, he encourages us in all our afflictions, which to me means whether they are self-inflicted or not. And then it goes on to say, so that we may be able to encourage those 
who are in any affliction. And the idea is this, as God encourages us, he wants us to encourage people around us with the encouragement with which we ourselves have been encouraged by him. And, um, I, you know, I feel really bad, like, uh, uh, Pam is suffering through kidney stones right now, and, um, and, you know, I never knew what that was like. I knew, uh, before that time, Dave used to have them, and, but then, I guess a couple of years ago, for the first time in our lives, I had a kidney stone, at least kidney stones, and it's like one of the worst things ever. I mean, I, it's, I, I, it's so painful, and there's not a whole lot you can do about it. I mean, it's like, you can't even, it's not like ibuprofen or Tylenol or anything can get rid of the pain. And um, uh, it, you can empathize with uh, someone in that situation. I don't know where I'm really going there, because there's not a lot of encouragement you can give other than just, I understand what you're going through. You know, that's, that's about what you can do there. Um, but, uh, you know, what I want to say is, uh, aside from that, encouragement is just, it's one of the great game changers, okay, in showing people the love of Christ. I, I want us to understand that tonight. Encouragement can be a game changer. And um, some of you might not feel like you're the best at building relationships, um, but one thing that can always be an icebreaker is just to encourage somebody. Um, uh, just say something encouraging to them. And, and when you start there, all of a sudden it opens up a person's heart. I mean, even a uh, total stranger sometimes, if you're uh, like, hey, you know, you're, you're, really, you're really a good worker and I really appreciate you or something. Then all of a sudden somebody, you know, opens up and starts talking about themselves and you don't even have to do much on your part because they just start, it just opens them up. I mean, so so that could be a t total stranger. I've seen that happen in my life when, when, I, when I've done stuff like that before. Um, but but we, don't know, we don't know what the people around us are going through or facing. And uh, if we encourage others, then we come as close to the work of the Holy Spirit as anything we can do um, in, in, in God's family because he is the God of all encouragement. And um, when we're encouraging, we are, we are doing that work. We are being like doing the work of the Holy Spirit. And I think sometimes, you know, we think, um, I just want to, I, I put this down because I was thinking, sometimes if you're ever thinking, oh God, I want to, I want to serve you. I want to do something for you today. I want to, I want to live for you. But I don't know what to do. I don't. I don't even know what to do today. And um, you know, when we think big things like, well, maybe if there was tornadoes that just happened in Kentucky, if they happened in Liberty, we could, you know, go and and offer to assist people and clean up in their streets and and do something or whatnot. But uh, what what can I do today, God, for you? The answer is pretty simple. It's encourage someone. Just encourage someone. That's we can do something. We can do something uh, every day uh, by just encouraging someone. Um, so we don't. We never really have to ever think like, "What can I do for you, God, today? How can you use me today?" Just let Him use you to encourage somebody. Um, second, encouragement is one of the purposes behind God's Word. So what God has done is that He's given us the Word to encourage us. That's why what every believer should want to do as much as you can, and as often as you can, is to make a priority to read the Bible because as you read the Word of God, what happens is that the Word of God will encourage your heart and the Word of God will strengthen you. Um, he has so many encouraging things to say to us. And um, many of you are familiar with this verse, probably, Romans 15, 4. says this, For whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction, that through endurance and through the encouragement of the Scriptures, we might have hope. 
And, uh, you know, we have a, a good example of this in 1 Thessalonians 4, where in Paul's letter, which we consider scriptures, of course, we have hindsight to see that God put the letter to the Thessalonians in, in the Bible. Um, but, but that's scripture, and, and Paul is laying out the truth about what happens to believers who die before Jesus returns and what happens to believers who are still living when he returns. And then in verse 18, after he lays that out, he says this, So, encourage each other, each other with these words. So, so that's a perfect example in real time of Paul writing out scripture and then um, telling the Thessalonians to use that scripture to encourage each other. And, and that's what, um, what, I'm, what I'm getting at here with this second principle. So in other words, the scriptures were given to give you and I encouragement and hope and for us to encourage one another with. Um, so if you're saying, I just need to be encouraged today, pick up your Bible and begin to read it and you'll find that the Holy Spirit in you will work in your reading to bring alive the Word of God in a way that will encourage you and bring you hope and will strengthen you. In fact, um, I wanted to point this out because it's, it's just an interesting um, thing here. In, in 1 Timothy 4.13, we have Paul giving Timothy um, some much-needed encouragement uh, as a pastor who was dealing with some difficult issues in the church in Ephesus. And uh, this is what he tells Timothy. And, and I'm going to read this verse in three different translations so you can get the idea of, of what's going on here. But, but you know, the punchline is uh, these words, even though they're translated differently, they're all the same word. And, and you'll probably figure out what that word is uh, before I get there. But 1 Timothy 4.13 in the ESV says this, Until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture, to exhortation, that's the word, and to teaching. And then in the NIV it says it this way, until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture, to preaching, that's the word, and to teaching. So now we have exhortation and preaching. And then in the New Living Translation it says, until I get there, focus on reading the Scriptures to the church, encouraging, that's the word, encouraging the believers and teaching them. So what's the word? We got exhortation, preaching, and encouraging. It's all the same Greek word. It's the word parakalesis. And in other words, Timothy, devote yourself to parakalesis. And um, what he's saying is devote yourself to coming alongside people and teaching them the word of God. Because when the word of God is rightly taught, the work of God will transform the lives of those who hear it. And it will change people's lives. And, um, you know, preaching is a means of encouraging. Uh, that's why, honestly, you know, when we come to the service um, as often as we can, encouragement is going to make a difference in our lives. Um, the Holy Spirit uses the preaching of the Word of God to encourage us. Here's the third thing encouragement does. Encouragement can change people's outlook. Um, what I mean here is it can change the course of the direction of their life Um, I think with uh, where I'm at right now we might be able to get to some discussion and hopefully I will because I'd like to hear some stories of of where uh, encouragement maybe has changed some direction in, in your own lives or maybe some encouragement you've given has changed the direction in someone else's lives but um I want you to just think about this for a moment. Encouragement is literally a game changer relationally with people. Okay, you know we got everybody in this sin first fallen world is um, suffering from a condition called EDD. It's not um, ADD. It's uh, EDD, Encouragement Deficit Disorder. And um, you know everybody does not have ADD, but we all have EDD. Because we all need encouragement, and we all benefit from it. And um, <clears throat> when we encourage one another, um, it builds a church. And, and here's an example from the book of Acts. You have um, 
In Acts 11, there's a story of a man whose name is Joseph, but he was such an encourager. In Acts 4.36, the apostles um, gave him a nickname, which, you know, I know that you guys all know. <clears throat> and they gave him the nickname, which means Barnabas, okay, which means son of encouragement. Uh, but in the Andy Herman translation for tonight, um, it says they called him Mr. Encouragement. And, um, you know, just think about that. If, if uh, Barnabas was such an encourager that people said, look, there's Mr. Encouragement. You know, hey, there, there's Mr. Encouragement. There he goes. And um, so what happened in, in Acts chapter 11, there was this new church that had started um, up in Antioch. And the apostles wanted to send somebody who, who you know, could, could help strengthen the church up there. And, and you think of what all the people they could send. Who did they send? They sent Mr. Encouragement. And, uh, and when he got there, it says that he encouraged the believers. Specifically, uses that word. He encouraged the believers. I think it says to stay true to the Lord. Um, and then in the next verse, it says that many people were brought to the Lord. Um, and, you know, you see, there's something about encouragement that opens the heart of people to God working in their life. I mean, it's that, it's that much of a game changer that, that Barnabas, you know, was sent. And, and the encouragement of the believers got things working in such a way that the church grew. Um, you know, this is what happens when you're encouraging somebody. Um, the hope is that it will lift their spirits. The, the hope is that it will lift someone's heart towards the Lord. Um, now, encouragement might look, you know, different ways. This is, I'm going to share some ways it might look. It might, it might look like this. One way it could look is it points out evidences of grace in another's life to help them see that God is using them. Um, I could see Barnabas doing that. Um, what I mean is that you are helping them discover the grace of God in their life, and, and that's so invaluable. Um, for example, how many times might someone encourage you by saying something good to you that you never even saw in yourself? Then all of a sudden your faith grows, and you're like, wow, God has given me this grace. I need to walk in it. Um, because oftentimes, truth be told, we, we are better at seeing the grace of God in somebody else's life than we are in our own life. And, and when we encourage somebody, when we talk about the grace of God in their life, how we see God working in their life, it can make such a massive difference in their walk with the Lord. Um, I, I've, I've seen that happen in just trying to encourage other people when, when you see God working in their life. Uh, or encouragement might look like this, and what Paul talked about, again, in that example from 1 Thessalonians 4, where it points a person to God's promises that assures them that all they face is under his control. Um, we need this kind of encouragement in order to get perspective again. Um, you know, whatever happening, we need to get, look at those promises, we need to point people to the promise of God, just to get that perspective of like, you know what? He's in control. He's in control. What's the worst thing that can happen? He's in control. You know? Um, or encouragement might look like what Paul describes in Romans 1.12. And, and the verse that I want to key on, the, the part in the verse says, that we may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith, both yours and mine. What he's talking about is um, he's, he's writing to the church in Rome, and, he, and he's basically saying, I can't wait until we can get together so we can share stories of how Jesus is getting us through real life in this world. Basically, we can share stories of faith with one another, that we may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith, both yours and mine. You know, you all have a story to tell others to encourage them. Not only how you came to know Jesus, but how Jesus is working in your life. You know, how he's real to you right now. I mean, I, I would dare say that I, I think it's, it's kind of like sometimes we have testimony times and, and uh, sometimes it's crickets and there's not many testimonies to share. But I would dare say that there's something going on in your guys' lives every week that that you're seeing God do something in your life. And, um, and, and you could share it. 
Uh, and, and I think if, if we kind of like pull out the, the stopper on encouragement and, and become more thinking like a church where we're going to encourage one another, uh, you know, we would just start to see those things. We'll just see that, wow, you know, God did that. Yeah, I had that. Yeah, I blew up there and, and, and I didn't handle that right. But then God brought to my mind, you know, how I should have handled it. And it's too late to go back and handle it right now. But hey, the Holy Spirit encouraged me because he kind of like pointed out that like, yeah, you know, next time that happens, um, you, you should handle it this way. I mean, so that might not sound like a great testimony. I think sometimes we get caught up in like, well, it didn't really have a happy ending. Well, it, it didn't, but it kind of did because the Holy Spirit, you know, encouraged me, convicted me, gave me a verse and said, hey, next time that happens when, you know, you're in a lot of pressure and your boss Skypes you and then you blow up at him, just like, don't do that next time. Just understand that, like, I'm the one who allowed that to happen. And that's okay. It might have changed your plans for the day, but that's okay, because your plans need to be my plans. That's what really happened. So anyway. <laughs> um, but this is just one example um, of how Paul did this very thing, where I'm talking about sharing stories of faith, uh, that they may be mutually encouraged. And it's from Colossians 2, it's from the verse that was shared. So he said, so he's writing to the Colossians, and he says, For I want you to know how great a struggle I have for you, and for those at Laodicea, and for all who have not seen me face to face, that their hearts may be encouraged, being knit together in love, to reach all the riches of full assurance of understanding and the knowledge of God's mystery, which is Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Um, that's a lot of words. Um, but uh, basically what Paul was doing was he shared his experiences and how the Lord got him through those struggles. Now, um, and what I want to point out here is like, encouragers are not just pie in the sky, power of positive thinking people, okay? Real encouragers like Paul here, they grasp um, what is, but they also comprehend what can be. You know, he's talking about the struggle, and he's talking about that they may be encouraged, but he's talking about what can be to reach all the riches of full assurance of understanding and knowledge of God's mystery, and that he sees the potential. He sees what the end, what he wants the end to be. Um, so, um, basically, an encourager spot the actual and the possible. They, the, the present certainty and the future hope. Um, they don't, like, discount the present. They don't pretend that it doesn't exist and just, you know, hey, just think positive, just think positive. No, there is, there is a present, um, but they can also um, see the future hope and present that. So even though the main focus today is encouragement <clears throat> with our words or direct actions towards another, um, there's one other aspect that I don't want to discount, and that is that our lives can also be an encouragement to others just by our living example, okay, from being faithful, obedient followers of the Lord. And, uh, and I often think of the faithfulness of of, of our dear brother Earl, who, you know, since I first knew him, uh, and I'm not saying that he didn't encourage with his words, because he did, but um, but when I, from the time I first knew him, you know, and I came to, like, I think a men's Bible study at Liberty Hills, um, he was there, and um, I just remember him being at almost all the men's Bible studies, and faithfully coming to the church services, and he was not a passive participant, but he was actively engaged, you know, each time and sharing things. And just an example of his faithfulness spoke to me without words. Just the example of his life. And, um, um, and then in Paul's life, I think this is an example of, of, of how just the example of a faithful, obedient life can speak without words. Um, in, the, in Philippians, 
Paul says this about being put in prison. He says, because of my chains, most of the brothers in the Lord have been encouraged to speak the word of God more courageously and fearlessly. So they took courage from just his example, just his life. I mean, it wasn't his example to like go to prison, but that was part of his life, and it happened. And so, so people were encouraged by seeing um, that in his life. <clears throat> so, kind of to sum up, encouragement it builds up, it stirs up, it stimulates, it it, it incites people to to constructive action. And it's a gift to those who hear it, it or experience it or, or even see it, like I'm talking about here. And um, <clears throat> just think of it like this. It's, it, it's, it's what wind is to a sailboat. It, it moves people forward. Encouragement, you know, you're not just like, oh, I'm encouraged. That's a you know, warm, fuzzy feeling. That's great. No, it, it, like moves, it moves people forward toward the Lord or it builds their faith or it builds them up in some way. Um, uh, just personally, uh, you know, when I was, um, had younger kids in grade school, there was um, a man who um, just, you know, initiated having a, a monthly meeting uh, with young fathers and we'd meet at his house and he'd have breakfast and we get together for I think you know a couple hours once a month, and um, and then something was shared from the word and just basically just encouragement and exhortation to um, keep on keeping on you know to raise your kids for the Lord and uh, to serve the Lord and um, uh, that was that was uh, invaluable to my life um, that was. That was that was invaluable at that time, just to keep me on the path of of wanting to 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 raise my kids for the Lord. And then, even as my kids went through the teenage years, you know, by that time um, we had started coming uh, to Liberty Hills, and um, uh, that you know, you're, we had five children, and you get to a point where the issues are a little bit. Uh, Sometimes the struggles are a little bit greater, you know, in the teenage years. And um, but uh, the Lord used uh, David Painter. Um, I'd go to him, and he'd give me words of encouragement, which really just—they um, they were game-changing in my life to keep me from throwing in the towel. You know, there were there were times you just think like you're just like, you know, you're just battling and battling. I just you know, I'm throwing the towel, and they can ring the bell, and I'm on the mat, you know. But, um, but but just getting some words of encouragement here and there, you know, not long letters, not this or that, just little word of encouragement here and there, you know, was invaluable at at, um, at at making a difference in my life. So words of encouragement can make all the difference in the world in somebody's life is, is the point. And so think about who can you encourage? You know, who is who is right around you? <clears throat> and um, well, our spouses, our children, um, they need to hear words of encouragement daily, I, I would dare say. And, um, you know, when I wrote those words, that's when I wrote these words, I'm convicted even saying that. But I know it's true. The fact of the matter is, I'm no different than, than you. I need encouragement to be an encourager. And... Um, and, 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 and there's a couple more verses I just want to share, but um, look, don't, don't be like me, that the prototypical procrastinator who tells myself, you know, I'll say something tomorrow, you know, I, I got this thing I want to say, but I'm going to say it tomorrow because I want to think about how I'm going to say it, or, you know, I'm going to write that text to encourage somebody, but um, yeah, I'm just going to wait till tomorrow, or um, uh, I'll send that text tomorrow. I hope you know that where I'm going with this is, is Hebrews 3, okay? And um, God is just adamant that he says, no, not tomorrow. Do it today. So Hebrews 3.13 says, but exhort, again, some translations use the word encourage, because the Greek word is parakaleo. says, encourage one another every day, as long as it is called today.
day, that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. I mean, I, I just think that we we just hear that verse and it goes over our heads. Like every single day, not just on Saturdays when we meet together or when we feel like it, but make it a personal habit to encourage the people around you every day. In other words, the idea here is don't say, well, you know, I think I'm going to write them a note next week or when I get time or, you know, I'm thinking about putting together a really nice long email that I want to say. But just forget the long email. Just, you know, give them the short encouragement now. Give it to them today. And, and, and um, I think that's what the emphasis in this verse is. And, and it might be that it, the urgency on the part of the Holy Spirit is that what God is saying is like, I want to encourage that person now. And I want you to be the one to do it. And so it can't wait till tomorrow. If it waits till tomorrow, you know, then it's, it's too late. Because I meant for you to do it right now. Because it's meant to be a game changer. It's meant to make a difference in their life today. Um, I think that's what, what's going on here. So we've got to encourage today. Then it, says, it gives us the reason why. Right? So, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. So what are we talking about here? Well, some would say, you know, so they don't fall into some big sin. And, and I get that. That can certainly be part of the application. But, but I think generally speaking, um, what is sin's deceitfulness? Um, sin is not just a name that is hung on disobedient acts that are done to violate God's righteousness. But, um, you know, as sinners talk about in Romans 5, where it says sin entered into the world through one man, um, uh, I'm talking about sin as more of this active, this powerful force that's like a cancer. And, and it's just active in all of creation and it's trying to destroy and ruin all things good. That's sin. And, and here's what sin wants to do. It wants to corrupt. It wants to ruin. It wants to destroy. It wants to diminish. It wants to weaken. And the deceitfulness is this. It wants to make people think that God doesn't care. It wants to make people think they're not going to make it. It wants to make people think there's no reason for hope in this life. It wants people to doubt what God says, doubt his goodness, his love for you, that he is for you and works everything together for your good. That's all what sin wants. And it tricks people like, if God cared, then, you know, why this and that and so forth. You know, that's sin talking. And that's the force of sin trying to just destabilize and discourage people. That's, that is the deceitfulness of sin. And that's why we need to encourage one another daily because sin is working every day. And it never takes a day off. So neither should encouragement. So every day we need to be speaking words of life, words of truth, words that are going to build people up, words that are going to help people stand, that are going to help people go on another day and fight another battle. What do you think it would look like if we all committed to encourage one other brother or sister in the body of LHBC daily? <clears throat> do you think it would, you know, look yawnable? No, I, I, you know, I don't, I, I think it would just be like, captive, I think it would be electric. I, I, I think the culture, it would be, it would be energizing. Um, but it requires effort and intentionality, doesn't it? I mean, it, it, it really does. And um, uh, that's something that, you know, you can think about when you, when you go home tonight and this week. I mean, um, but that's what happened in, in the early church, you know. Um, uh, they, they weren't just, um, yeah, did they have doctrine right? Yeah, but, but there wasn't a disconnect between the doctrine that was preached and um, their social environment. You know, it was, they were connected, and they knew what they believed, but their beliefs also translated into a culture of love and encouragement to where um, this uh, Christian uh, author Tertullian recorded in the second century that, that even the pagans said this about the Christians, how they love one another. Um, I mean, so that's, that's what people observed. 
Well, there's just one last verse I want to look at in Hebrews, and um, it's in Hebrews 10, which um, most of you guys are familiar with. Um, I'll read it first. Um, well, now before I read it, I want to give the backstory. Leading up to Hebrews 10, uh, all the way through the letter of Hebrews, the spotlight is on Jesus as the superior one. And he has opened for us a new and living way to the Father. We don't go through a system of works. We don't have to go through some other person who will represent our cause. We don't have to earn our way into the presence of God and hope that he will hear us. It's, it's none of that. But finally, we get to these verses in, in Hebrews 10, starting in verse 19. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain, that is, through his flesh, and since we have a great high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold... Well, actually, it's verse 22. Let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. 23. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he promises faithful. And 24. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to be together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day growing near. So his point is this. Since we have confidence to enter the Lord's presence, and since we have Christ as our mediator, let us execute these three commands each of which is introduced by let us. But I just want us to focus, we're just going to focus on the last one, the last let us, which is let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. So he doesn't just give it as a suggestion as, oh, and by the way, while you're holding fast to faith, you know, just sprinkle in some encouragement along the way. But um, <clears throat> here's what I want us to see from, from that, that verse. It says, well, one, it's impossible to stimulate someone else to love and good deeds or encourage one another if there's no relational interaction. So there has to be relational interaction to accomplish this. I mean, we can't, we can't do it in a silo. Uh, we can't do it alone. There's got to be interaction. Two, encouragement is not the responsibility of a gifted few, but the responsibility of everyone in, in the church. Um, there's no, like, hey, this needs to be these people with, with these gifts. And then it says, consider how. And I take that to mean that sometimes encouragement takes thoughtful effort, but it still needs to be a regular part of our communication nonetheless. Um, and and I, I think it does take thoughtful effort to sometimes encourage one another. Um, sometimes it's easy. Someone might come to you in and, and, and despair and distress, and, and you know, they're right, right in front of you, and, and you can encourage someone. But if you're going to go out of your way to encourage some, someone else, you, you need to put some thought into it and consider. Uh, and then lastly, encouragement is not something that is needed less in the body, but is needed more. Um, now, when we meet together, I trust that we, we gain some encouragement. Um, personally, I, I can't think of a time when I, when I felt like coming uh, to meet together for a service or a Bible study or anything like that was a waste of my time. And in fact, um, typically, uh, you know, if I felt discouraged, um, before going to, to a meeting or something, uh, which I'm sure we all struggle with that, what, the tendency is to talk yourself out of it, like, yeah, you know, I don't, I don't feel like going, and I, I'm just not going to go out and stay home. The, the, the thing is, every time I decide, now I'm going to go anyway, I'm just going to, even if I'm going out of duty, I'm going to go out of duty, you know, I never regret going. I'm always glad afterwards that I went because I got encouraged and um, I just want to close by sharing a quote I read from an article about encouragement in the church <clears throat> encouragement is what the gospel feels like as it moves from one believer to another 
Encouragement isn't optional or just for people with a knack for it. Real encouragement deserves nothing less than to set the predominant tone of our churches and our homes. So let's think it through, and then let's get after it. But stepping out into new relational patterns is risky, but risks worth taking. The ministry of encouragement frees us from safe neutrality, from keeping our cards close to our chest, from evaluating one another with cost-benefit calculations. Real encouragement sweeps us away into a glad-hearted, up-close engaging with one another. And when the encouragement we're sharing back and forth gets so strong that it starts feeling awkward, then good. We're finally getting somewhere. End of quote. So let's take the challenge to start taking whatever steps that are necessary to cultivate a spirit of positive, reinforcing, consistent encouragement in our homes and in our church family. And, um, you know, we all benefit from encouragement, and we should all encourage others. So be an encourager. I'm going to close in prayer. Holy Father, um, you know, you, we, last few weeks, you were the God of love. Um, you are the God of all encouragement. So God, you live in us. So we, you can do these things through us, God. And, uh, you know, I think when, when, when Paul talks about experiencing the power of you in, in him, I mean, I just think living a life like this, God, is, is so impossible. It's, uh, I, I just pray that we would all be able to experience the power of you living through us to, to love one another and to encourage one another, even daily. God, um, um, it, it's almost sometimes, it, I don't even want to think of, it's almost like if, I, if we think of, trying to do this in our own strength, which I think is how I lived so many years of my Christian life, God, that I finally matured to the point of realizing, oh, that's not how it works. Um, it, it's you living through me, and and I pray, God, that you would just breathe into us. You, you, your, The Spirit would come alongside us and um, encourage others through us, God, and that um, this church would would become a church of of encouragers and a culture of just um, encouragement like never before, like like never before, God. Um, so God, that that's um, it's it's miraculous, you know. We're um, but that's that's the kind of uh, prayers that uh, we need to be praying, God. And so I just thank you for. Bring everyone here tonight, God, and uh, uh, pray that uh, this next thing I'm going to talk about, God, that you would you would bless um, uh, even the efforts of what what um, uh, the what the deacons have decided that that uh, uh, this um, uh, being able to bless you know people in our lives, God, and talk about here. I pray that you would bless bless this in Jesus' name, Amen.